start date negative three o two four two two point four seven two six seven seven five nine five. I don't think that's a start date. Five six. Yes, that is the start date. I used a different website this week to calculate tonight's start date because I found out that the other one I was using was wrong. But now this one is also obviously wrong. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to start making up the star dates from now on. Is that a good idea? I mean, there's a good chance if you had used the other one, we may have never, ever known I need that to it get was right wrong. <laughs> okay, we're back with another live stream episode of Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast covering brand new Star Trek and beyond. I am your reluctant captain, Mike Garcia. With me on the view screen, we have Mariah Gossett, Clyde Haynes, and Grant Davis. This week, we're prepping for the newest Star Trek show, Star Trek Lower Decks, which premieres a week from today, Thursday, August 6th on CBS All Access. We're going to dig into the animated show's characters or cast, uh, potential plot lines, answer some of your questions and comments in the live chat. Let's do it. What's going on? And what else are we doing, Mariah? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to fix <laughs> the audio so we can play trailers. Okay, so we're also going to celebrate Discovery Season 3, the premiere announcement. Yay! And All discuss right. everything that we know about Disco Season 3. Also, if you guys want to help support our little podcast venture here, please go to patreon.com slash star trek pod there you can make a per episode pledge give us a dollar or two per episode and in exchange for that two bucks an episode you guys can join us on our private slack channel where you can talk with us in our multiple channel rooms about everything trek we're all about it our fans are all about it our listeners our community that we've built already and we would love to have you guys come join us that's patreon.com slash star trek pod we're also doing some little bonus um, reviews. We've been watching the Kelvinverse movies. We did a whole thing on the original series movies up through the one where, uh, why does God need a starship? <laughs> and whatever Shatner ridiculousness that was. Uh, Y'all love it. Um, and yeah, we, we uh, try and make a lot of engaging content for you guys to make it worth it. We really value all of the support you guys have given us thus far. And we would like to see this thing continue to grow as the Star Trek universe continues to grow and they just keep throwing shows at us. And we're super excited to uh, bring more of you guys on board. So once again, that's patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. And if this is your first time hanging out with us on the pod, then you're in for a treat because starting next week, do you know what's happening? We will have live television again. So we will be doing recaps and discussions on the brand new series, Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, and then I think we even have some exciting news that we'll get to later that will happen after that. So you get us with live show updates and commentary and hot freaks um, for the next like 20 plus weeks. It's so exciting. Um, so feel free to take this week to make sure that you subscribe to our pod, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to watch and comment to our show live, you can do that 
on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Central on YouTube. Um, we'd love for you to be part of uh, the show. And of course, if you are watching us live tonight on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, whatever, please participate in that live chat. And if you have a comment, you have a question that you want us to address later on in the pod, just type the word pod in all caps before your comment so we can see it. All right, we're going to dive into Lower Decks. But before we do that, let's talk about Disco Season 3, which uh, premieres October 15th. We got a premiere date. What? Yay! Yeah. If we could Finally. do party we air horn sounds, I'd put that in here. We did it. Uh, we brought that to you guys. Yeah. I mean, it was mostly me. Yeah. Mike put in a call to his buddy, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Said, yeah. hey. He said, hey, Tony, <laughs> what's, the, what's the haps? Give, give me a date. And Tony My said, friend, Anthony know. Rapp. You pick a date. <laughs> you and called like, him Tony. You went too far there, Grant. Like, I was, was like, with you. T-Bone, how about October 15th? <laughs> you know, I put on Adventures in Babysitting on the background the other day as I was I'll take editing. i Clyde. Yeah? You will. You will. <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting. It's such a good one. He's in that. He's great. Yeah. I had what? no idea That's that was right. him. He's the guy who sticks his face against the window. Yeah. How weird. Yeah. All right. So we Disco Season 3. We don't know much about Disco Season 3, but that being said... Here's everything we know about Disco Season 3. Give it to us. <laughs> Count it all right, down. All right. I got a rundown. You guys tell me what you think about this. Uh, number one, it is the third season of Star Trek Discovery. Wow. Thank you. I knew that. I knew that. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, it started with season one. Mm-hmm. And then there was two. Just jump to the yes. next one. All right. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> uh, Disco Season 3 will remain airing on Thursdays, obviously, to coincide with our live podcast schedule. And yes, so we do plan to cover Disco on the live pod when it returns. Uh, I put in a, of them. Yeah, I put in the call to rap, like, like you said. I'm like, can we do it on Thursday nights? He's like, of course we can. By the Maybe way, so. please rent Adventures in Babysitting. I get royalties. And I did that. <laughs> Um, Tip for tat. That's that's a pay to play. I think. Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, filming wrapped on Discovery's third season in Toronto back in February, as we know. But due to COVID, due to the pa- due to due to the pandemic, uh, the months of post production was delayed. As the production figured out how to finish work from home in remote locations, including including visual effects, and they did all the scoring from home. I heard they did the scoring with. Um, it was like a, I believe, a thirty-piece orchestra, and everyone recorded from home while they all zoomed into each other. Well, they didn't even get to zoom in with each other. They had to record solo, and then it got mixed later. And oh, so is they that would how it worked? build it. Yeah, so they would build it so it would be like they started with six instruments, and so then people could hear that mix, and then they would play on top, and it kept going until it was over thirty something instruments. I mean, big whoop. That's what Linkin Park had been doing for years. Is that true? So they're as good as Linkin Park. (laughs) I'm not co-signing on that. No, I think it's really impressive of what these studios have been able to do in the midst of uh, kind of COVID. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm super impressed. I, yeah, I wrote down because I think it's important to shout out post-production people because actors and writers and directors, I think, always oh, yeah. get the glory. But like shout outs to the editing team. So Chad Rebel, 
um, John Dukowski and Scott Gamzon, who all figured out how to edit all of these episodes remotely doing editing sessions in Zoom, like cannot imagine such incredible stuff. And then like also to the actors who had to do ADR work from closets, like setting up microphones and people having to engineer out of their houses. So way to go post-production. Yeah, very cool. And yes, Anthony Rapp was in Dazed and Confused, since our, says our commenter, WYSIWYG. WYSIWYG, yeah. yeah. Well, that is now like, you're just going to have me at IMDB, because I, I need oh. the whole <laughs> filmography now. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy in the car that hangs out with Adam Goldberg. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what else do we know about Discovery? Season 3 begins with the Discovery crew waking up in a future universe that is filled with threats and uncertainty and they must work to restore hope and peace together bringing together the broken universe that's a plot that's totally not relevant to the challenge we all have before us in the current day so relate yeah i don't get it (laughs) i don't get it please vote yeah and in the um kind of extended we now get 20 plus weeks of trek trailer there's a few bonus scenes that we didn't see in the original season trailer Mm -hmm. um so we get to see Burnham cheering on while looking at a screen. Super dope. She's watching the pod. She's watching the pod. We get a group hug in engineering. And then what seems like some huge water-based creature swimming up to a cliff while some of the crew looks on. So I'm stoked. More alien worlds. I want it all. I can't wait. Very cool. And I think we already knew this, but David Ajala has joined the cast as a new character. Cleveland book booker. Uh, Jonathan Frakes is directing the third and the eighth episodes of the season. So look out for those. Frakes, Frakes, Frakes. Frakes, Frakes, Frakes. Uh, Mary Wiseman has said that Tilly will continue to look for leadership opportunities in the third season, which will be a part of her journey. And I think uh, that's something to highlight here because the more all the news stories I read about Disco every actor is mentioning that they have their character has their eye on the captain's chair, whether it be Saru or Michael, uh, even um, Hugh Colbert played by Wilson Cruz says he had his character might have his eye on the captain's chair, which is interesting. This is all relatable once again to us in our current situation, because Clyde <laughs> Mariah and I are all jockeying for, for leadership of your seat there, Mike. Nope. You, you really want to sit there for two hours and make You're this going lineup? down. Yes. Nope. No. Uh, <laughs> today no, is don't. also uh, Mary Wiseman's birthday. So shout out to Tilly and her birthday. Yeah. Happy shout birthday, Tills. Happy birthday, Mary. And uh, Sonequa also had her baby a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Congrats, Sonequa. You can uh, call her Tills, but I can't call her him T-Bone. Yeah, that's a whole different thing, man. But Till- Tilly is a fictional name, right. whereas Anthony is his real name. Thank you, Mariah. That's exactly where I was going. I, it's not like I was calling her M Wise. What's up, M Wise? Happy birthday. That's Ooh, not where I was totally going. We should totally call her M Wise. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> M Wise is my favorite Star Trek actor. Um, Wilson Cruz, as I was saying, Hugh Colbert and Anthony Rapp's Paul Stamets are Apparently back to being a couple again in season three. I think that's great. I want to see where that relationship goes. Yeah. And last week during the LGBTQ uh, panel at Comic-Con, Cruz and Rap said that we're definitely going to get some more moments of like 
nuance because we were talking about how much we loved seeing that toothbrush scene and how it's just like nice to see domesticated scenes like that. Um, and so I guess we're going to get a little bit more of that plus more story arc between those two characters. And that's all they let spill. You know, I, I feel like when you jump a thousand years into the future with about like a, a ship of 12 people, you start looking around at your options and go, well, I don't have a whole lot of people to date here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we had history. Let, let's Pick try and work slim. that back in. Let's try it out. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could get creative 10,000 years in the future. Uh, and Anthony Rapp, uh, I believe this was during the Comic-Con panel, but during all the interviews he's been doing, he's reiterating the sense of family that the show will focus on. So he said the Discovery crew really doesn't have anybody but each other to rely on. And this is leading some outlets to say the the camaraderie that Discovery is going to show in season three might be similar to that of the camaraderie we saw in Star Trek Voyager. I know Mariah really might be happy that, about that. I was just as long as it's not that Good Shepherd episode, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we've been saying since the beginning that Discovery is definitely an honorary um, successor to the Fast and the Furious franchise. It it's all just—it's all about family. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going somewhere else. I thought you—you were going <laughs> to say it was all about the quarter mile. I didn't know where you were going with that. That's how I live life, but that's a whole different thing. Quarter mile at a time. It's all about the spoil drive. <laughs> all right. <No>. All right. <laughs> that is my Vin Diesel impersonation. Oh, good. I'm glad you cleared that up because I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I live about the spoil drive. It was really good. Captain. I could do it like for an hour. Oh, yeah, please. I think the whole pod as Vin Diesel, please. All right, let's talk about what we're really here to talk about. Lower Decks kicks off next week. Lower Decks will kick off 23 weeks of Star Trek starting August 6th, one week from today. Season one of Lower Decks will be 10 episodes. And a week after the Lower Decks, fin- the Lower Decks finale, the Disco season three premiere drops. And that's how you get 23 weeks of continuous new Star Trek on the TVs. Something we as nerd fans of Star Trek have not been privy to since the 90s, I think, when DS9 and Voyager were airing concurrently. Another reminder that the 90s were the best and 2020 (laughs) can eat shit, (laughs) except for all the new Star Trek coming in 2020, of course. Right, right, right. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into Lower Decks. We have... Uh, we are live on YouTube right now, and Grant is doing us a favor of throwing up some stills from Lower Decks, if you're watching. Okay. Well, let's get into our Lower Decks primer before next week's premiere. The first thing I want to mention is that the series' official abbreviation, as I understand it, is Star Trek LDS. Latter-day Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, that's a partly a wink to the joke in Star Trek. Four whales go home, where Kirk refers to uh, LSD as LDS because apparently Kirk was a big square in college. Ah, or maybe yeah. they just didn't need acid that century. Say it again. Oh, they might not have needed acid during that century. I mean, I don't think they needed it, but Leonard Nimoy was definitely taking it. <laughs> 
Okay, let's dive into more about what Lower Decks is all about. Uh, Mariah, can you take this one? Let's do it. Okay, so the logline for Lower Decks is a new half-hour animated comedy series focusing on the supporting crew serving on one of Starfleet's least important ships, the USS Cerritos. Uh, Did I say that correctly? Cerritos? I think it's Cerritos. Cerritos. It's based, uh, it's a name of a California city. Ah, that makes, it's a California class ship. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. Uh, in 2380, uh, Ensign's Mariner, Boimler, Boimler, I'm eventually going to get this by the time we're into the series, uh, Rutherford and Tendi have to keep up with their duties and their social lives, often while the ship is being rocked by a multitude of sci-fi anomalies. Um, we've also gotten the titles for the first four episodes, so it starts with Second Contact, which I think we've seen in the trailer and in the bonus clip they gave us um, during Comic-Con about how this ship specializes in making Second Contact. So they're the paperwork ship. Uh, and then we have uh, Episode 2 will be Envoys. Episode 3 is Temporal Edict. And Episode 4 is Moist Vessel. No, mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, they already have a uh, two-season order, so we will get a second season. Um, and the writer's room is deep in comedy and in animation, so I think we're going to get a really funny show. So there's M. Willis, who was uh, who is the story editor, um, is most notably been the head writer from She-Ra. And then uh, Chris Culla from Community, Ben Rogers from Workaholics, and Kim, and then David Wright from Family Guy. So... Um, there's been a ton of work going into this, and uh, David Mack served as a consultant to make sure everyone was fitting into canon. So I don't think we'll have to worry about that. Well, that is fantastic. Um, wow. I knew there are a lot of comedy writers on here, but M. Willis from Shira, that's the new Shira, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. I thought that was a really fun series and uh, interesting twists on the classic Shira, and really funny too. And really entertaining. So uh, do you guys want me to tell you about the showrunner? Let's do it. So the showrunner is this this fella named Mike McMahon. Let me see if I got a picture here for you. Uh, here's this guy. Here's Mike yeah, McMahon. That. Hey, he's one of us. <laughs> hey, buddy. What so Mike that? McMahon has a rich history of working on a whole lot of animated shows, including Solar Opposites, it's at uh, Hulu Alien Show, so very appropriate. Rick and Morty, you guys might have heard of that. He's a writer and producer on both of those shows. Uh, Axe Cop, I don't know if like everyone remembers Axe Cop, but that was a, a funny little uh, animated show he also um, had a little hand in. He His, his work goes back a ways. Um, he was also working on Drawn Together for Comedy Central way back when, and South Park. And... Yeah, and then uh, now he's got Star Trek, and you're like, whoa, how's this guy just kind of jump into Star Trek? But no, this dude legit has the bona fides. In fact, here's a, here's a little tweet where uh, one year ago, he FaceTimed his kid from working on the Discovery Transporter corridor set and claimed he was working on a spaceship, he said. That's because he actually wrote the short trek, The Escape Artist, with Rain Wilson. So he's he's already been... Favorites. He's already been uh, working alongside these guys. He also, uh, Mike mentioned this um, a couple episodes back, but he's also the creator and maintainer of at TNG underscore S8 
in other words, uh, the Next Generation Season 8 Twitter account, which provides satirical outlines of episodes in a fictitious eighth season. This um, did so well that it led to him also helping to write the reference book for Star Trek TNG Warped. So this guy knows his stuff about Trek. He's a true Trekkie fanatic, and we're really excited for what this lovable goober here is going to do for the show. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, when we get more into um, the tone of the show a little later, um, there's a lot of stuff he's been saying in interviews that is making me feel really good about where the show is going and where he's coming from with it. So, yeah, I think they they may have picked the perfect guy to run this show. Yeah. You know, um, one of the questions that I think we get a whole bunch is like, where does this show take place in the pantheon of Star Trek, right? Because right now, we, I, I will talk about that a little bit. I, I You know, I'm happy to bring some of that. <laughs> um, so, so this is a show that is in canon. So it is part of the kind of uh, the prime universe. And what we're looking at is this happens like right after Star Trek Nemesis, the movie Star Trek Nemesis. So we're talking about 2380. So that's the period it's set. So this is a next generation-esque kind of feel um, of a show. So I think that's what we're going to be looking at. So we're not too far or too back, you know, because really they're... There wasn't anything between the Discovery timeline and then the next and then the the original series timeline. You know, we we had a gap there. You know, Clyde, how do you feel about that? I do, a- we're not talking about that show. There's a gap in between Discovery <laughs> and the next and the original series. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about that show. You already have like PTSD of me singing the <laughs> Enterprise theme song. Everybody understands that but we're not going there tonight. What I'm saying is you, you're you're a fan of the 90s Trek, just like I am. I am. So, you know, this being set right after Nemesis, it's kind of that TNG movie era. How do you feel about that? I'm excited because, I mean, when we talk about our favorite kind of Trek, like series, TNG is mine. So to me, this is a little bit of fan service. We get to, to kind of go back to that era, but I think it, it makes sense because... That era is also very close to DS9 era and Voyager area era, so it makes a lot of sense. And it feels like, especially if it's going to be a comedy, it makes sense for it to have that type of tone. Because clearly, by the time we get to Picard, which is not too far from that, the tone changes very like significantly. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it'll be fun. It'll be kind of fun to be back in that era. Mariah, you're a fan of the 90s Trek, specifically Voyager. Are you excited about be- it being set kind of around that time? Yeah, I think there's like opportunity for fun references specifically to 90s Trek. And I think that's really where the like uh, fan service is going to shine in this particular case. Although we did see in one of the trailers, you know, at one point, um, I think uh Tandy Newsom's character says something like, what am I, Kirk? You know, so they're definitely working in that realm. And when she's in front of the like big conspiracy board, there's like reference to that. Um, uh, yeah, the green, cre- fuzzy green creature and then the whales. And then we've got the, yeah, it, I think it's going to be super fun. I think there's going to be lots of cool Easter eggs. And Grant, you hate all old Star Trek. So I guess you're not excited that this takes place in that era. <laughs> I'm miserable 
Yeah. But I'm miserable all the time. That's just... <laughs> it's 2020, baby. Nothing is fun. And you guys are going to keep tricking me and having to watch old Star Trek. And I'm going to go kicking and screaming toward all this. And then I'm going to somehow enjoy it and begrudgingly have to admit it. Yeah, the salt vampires. You know, um, for every reference uh, we see in Lower Decks, uh, we're going to watch the episode that it's referencing and do a pod about that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) So, Grant. I mean, You're going to be watching a lot of old Trek. We have 26 only... episodes back to back. Yeah, but the animated show is only going to be like 22 to 25 minutes. And so we're normally recapping and talking about hour long episodes. So I think to really flush it out, we should watch a companion ep with every oh. single episode. <laughs> that sounds great. Or like three. Yeah. Here's an oh. idea. Oh, and it could be really fun is if they reference other sci-fi shows like mm. Stargate or Battlestar Galactica or even Babylon 5. We could have a lot of fun with this, Grant. <laughs> I'm ready. I will find an ancillary Lost episode that I watch after every single one of these, and then I will bring that up to you guys, and I'll make you suffer. I will make you <laughs> suffer. I'm happy with that, man. I love me something. No. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the characters and cast. Of Lower Decks. Who are these characters? Who are these actors? Let's break this down. Um, as Mariah said, like the Lower Decks TNG ep and the the Good Shepherd ep of Voyager that we covered a few weeks ago, LDS, I'm going to call it LDS, focuses on the support crew of the starship. These are the ensigns, the grunts, the people who clean up the holodeck, the people uh, Chief O'Brien would boss around if he was the engineering chief on the Cerritos. You get the idea. And we'll also get to know the senior staff of the Cerritos who will be supporting characters on the show. So I I first want to mention the the showrunner's perspective in creating these comedic characters that could exist in Star Trek canon proper. So speaking to Collider, uh, this homie right here, Mike, Mike McMahon says, quote, a big thing that was important to me was figuring out how to how we do comedically acts. Okay. A big thing that was important to me was figuring out how do we comedically access these characters? How can these characters be funny and not break Star Trek? You can't have a Morty from Rick and Morty in Star Trek. You just can't have a stupid person in Starfleet. Otherwise it breaks the aspirational paradigm of what humanity is like in Starfleet. So our leads are foils for each other, but they're very much ingrained in Star Trek. That's an incredible point that I, I don't know that I really thought about because, you know, we've we've often compared this to our question, will this be Rick and Morty in space, which is kind of redundant. But um, <laughs> I, I think that's a really good point. You can't have a Morty. But you also can't have a Rick. Whereas Rick is super smart, he violates every bit of the moral compass of Trek, right? Unless like, he's the villain. He, yeah, he's he's an anti-hero, and so that doesn't work either. And so I think you're looking for that tone, that comedy, but in a wholesome kind of package. I think this is not, you know, not a a small challenge to undertake. But the payoff could be huge. 
Yeah, I'm, I appreciate they're taking that perspective as well, because I think it's going to help the comedy be more rooted in reality. And, um, you know, like Jordan Peele and a lot of horror directors talk about how comedy and horror are like the opposite sides of the same coin. You have to base things in reality for them to be funny or for them to be scary. And you just have to find out where those lines are. And so I think this is a very smart approach of being like, what are the realities of Trek and what would make these situations funny? And obviously focusing on the characters who are at the beginning of their careers is what's going to be funny because everyone messes up at the beginning of their career. You're going to make dumb decisions. You're going to make mistakes. And you're always trying to cover your path, especially if you're trying to make it up the ranks in something like Starfleet. Yeah, that totally fits with the whole like, you know, forming a new family. Uh, all those people that are going to be the lower decks crew are going to be looking out for each other, having each other's back because they all know. They're kind of messing up. Although there probably be like one or two that are trying to climb the ladder so fast they'll throw other people under the bus. Uh, Our listener, Kang, says, Thank goodness it is not Rick and Morty meets Star Trek. That would push me over the edge in terms of being able to watch it. And I like that Mike McMahon is saying this, although I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. uh, Not the kind of fan that's going to go and rage at McDonald's because they don't have Szechuan sauce. But a fan, nonetheless. Um... I didn't want this to be Rick and Morty in Star Trek, even though um, the animation style is very similar and maybe the uh, the pacing of it looks similar to Rick and Morty. But yeah, Mike, everything Mike McMahon has been saying uh, about this show is that this is Star Trek. Star Trek's important to me. I'm going to celebrate Star Trek with this show. And we're going to have a, an aspirational show that is rooted in character. And that's what Star Trek is. Uh, okay, let's do a little roll call. For all Speaking the main LDS characters. characters and actors here and see what we think of them. Uh, Jack Quaid as Ensign Boimler. Boimler. Boimler? All right. I'm hoping they give him a funny nickname. I like to ask B-dub. Purple Hair. <laughs> B-dub. <laughs> so he's described as a stickler. Boimler does everything by the book. He's really good at taking tests. He's really good at studying. He is completely bound by the rules, uh, but he doesn't have a lot of practical experience and does not know how to follow his gut. Uh, He wants to be a captain someday, but he has no idea how to improvise, and he's not good on away missions. He's uh, more of a theorist and uh, a a study study person. Jack He's Quaid, that lame dude from uh, that episode we just watched, who never wants to leave the ship. Oh, oh yeah, the... from a uh, Voyager. Uh, Jack Quaid described the character as he would nail the written portion of the driving test with flying colors, but once it actually got to him being in a car, it would be a complete and total disaster. By the way, Jack Quaid is Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son, hmm. and hey, you can tell. and he's in uh that amazon prime show the boys and he was in the hunger games is anybody familiar with jack quaid yeah i've seen the boys picture it's actually really good yeah Yeah, it looks Um, great hunger games i don't remember him in hunger games Mm -hmm. oh that guy (laughs) yeah but uh he's got a a nerdy charm in the boys which i i think lends itself to the voice acting he's doing here he was actually also really good in that Logan Lucky movie, which was better than I thought it was going to be. 
So. With a color in. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have Tawny Newsom as Ensign Beckett Mariner. Uh, obviously, an ensign aboard the Cerritos. Uh, so, Tawny Newsom describes uh, Mariner as irreverent and someone who does not follow the rules. Though she is actually very good at all things Starfleet, she just doesn't give a shit. So, she's been demoted several times because she just. It's a class clown. She's brilliant, but she likes to fuck around and take it easy. Um, Tony Newsom said that Mariner, quote, just wants to ride her skateboard and eat her pizza in peace, man. So this is a character that I think it's going to be fun. It's a character that we see in the one of the first clips released by CBS in which she's drunk on Romulan whiskey mm-hmm. and uh, almost uh, murders uh, Ensign Boimler. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah that, um, so Tawny Newsom, I'm sure we're familiar with her. She's a comedian who is in Bajillion Dollar Properties, uh, which Paul Shear is also on, who is also in this cast. And she was in, she's in Space Force on Netflix. She's and great in it. She's in Brockmire and she co-hosts the podcast, a great podcast. Yo, is this racist? I highly recommend that. What do you guys think of Beckett Mariner? Yeah, I'm really stoked. I love Tawny Newsom. Every podcast I've ever heard her on, she's super entertaining and very funny. And during the Comic-Con panel, you know, she was saying there's a lot of her in this character, which makes me excited because she's already a very naturally funny person, which to me means this is going to be a really fun and interesting character to watch. Um, And I mean, the, the first scene we get to see of her is her already being drunk, throwing around a Klingon weapon and so like batliff and like i'm here for it i think she was really great on space force as well at writing that line of like being someone who is on the path to greatness but seeing how uh tumultuous that can be (laughs) i'm a (laughs) (laughs) you go all right uh i'm a huge fan i think this is a This is one of the pieces that I think I'm I'm really excited about because I think her comedic timing is stellar. Right? And it's she's not necessarily a new voice, but I think it's a a, a newer voice in Trek. Uh and I think this is going to be just I think it's just a great choice. After seeing her kind of in the, you know, a sci-fi show like space force i'm thinking oh this is gonna be fun right this is she's gonna bring a lot to the to the to the to the team uh i I mean i immediately find her identifiable like i i'm like oh i relate she likes not taking things seriously she's a, a class clown she likes drinking romulan ale uh the only thing i don't relate to is the smart part but uh me is working on that this beer is not helping me. <laughs> Ensign Mariners are Grant. Uh, you know, the more I look at this list of actors voicing these characters and the list of writers involved in this show, Matt Star Trek is really tapping into the top tier uh, comedy scene out there, aren't they? Like all of these actors are some of the best comedic actors that we have on TV and in film right now. And these writers were involved in some of the, some of the best um, comedy shows that are, that are just shaping 
the culture. Like this is a great move for Star Trek. Um, mm -hmm. So let's jump into the next character, Eugene Cordero as Ensign Sam Rutherford. Uh, kind of looks like a, he has some tech on him. He's like he's a, data. He's an engineering inclined ensign who's getting used to, oh, getting used to a new cyborg implant hmm. when, the, when the show starts. So uh, showrunner Mike McMahon compared Rutherford to Geordie LaForge, saying they're both amazing at engineering stuff. But Rutherford is obviously a lot more green than Geordie. He still can't solve every problem, but he's learning how to solve uh, all the engineering problems on the ship and maybe wants to be head engineer one day. And Eugene Cordero, who voices this character, like I was saying, this show's tapping into some of our best comedic actors, is, of course, Pillboy from The Good Place. <sighs> so good. Mm -hmm. I also Pillboy. saw on, on um, Twitter, he uh, is the first um, Filipino uh, cast member we've we've ever had on star trek so oh, i wow. i need to fact check that but uh i saw a lot of people who were very excited about that on twitter hell yeah pill boy uh, one of the best characters <laughs> of all time <laughs> yes pill boy anyway uh, i'm so excited eugene is hilarious in everything he is in he is a scene stealer and so mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be really fun to watch his character interact with this new tech and getting used to something and all of the things that can go wrong when you install new tech. Um, so I think it's just like primed for, for comedic gold. Yeah. This character seems like he is the, the wide eyed dreamer of the bunch who is just really positive and definitely wants to climb the ladder, but doesn't want to do it in a backstabby way, wants to be everybody's friend and uh, is fueled by this ambition to be his best. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how I was before 2020. <laughs> we'll get back there. We can all be we, Ensign Rutherford. We can all, we can all be inspired by Eugene Cordero's Ensign Rutherford. And of course, Pillboy. Pillboy for life. Pillboy for life. He was Pill also in Other life. Space. Anybody see Other Space? Yes. Oh my God. It's a short-lived sci-fi comedy that every single Star Trek fan must watch now because it's brilliant. If you watch Star Trek, it's it's a lot like um, a modern take on Galaxy Quest. It mm. it it is it shows love for Star Trek and tons of other sci-fi franchises while also you know skewering them. It's fantastic you, you will recognize everyone who's in the cast too as yeah. one of those uh side comedic characters in every other project it, it's a paul feig mm -hmm. joint um the guy who uh helped make freaks and geeks and has worked on a lot of other comedies really good stuff directed bridesmaids yeah okay next we have noel wells as ensign devana tendy green skin ensign tendy uh i think she's in orion is my guess because she's green skin. Uh, an ensign in the medical bay aboard the Cerritos. Tendi is a big fan of Starfleet who is always thrilled to be working on a starship. She's new to the ship at the start of the series and she is kind of an audience surrogate. She helps introduce everybody to the setting, to the characters, to the world. Um, according to McMahon, he saw her as acting like, uh, like himself if he ever got a chance to work on a starship. So this is, this is the, uh, the fan girl. This is a fan of star Trek in the star Trek show. 
Which is interesting because I've seen, I've already seen people cosplay as his character mm -hmm. on Twitter. Right, I and saw Instagram. Wow. Yeah. So, Noelle Wells, who plays Tandy, is, is a great actor. She was on SNL, and her breakout role, I think, was on Master of None on Netflix. That was the she pilot, was so great. Yeah, yeah in the first, she was in the first season, right? Yeah. 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 She comes back at some point, but mm -hmm. I think maybe once or twice, but yeah, she was in the pilot and she just, she nailed it. So she was also in a, um, I'm trying to, I'll look up the name of it. She's in a really great indie movie I saw at South by Southwest like two years ago. Uh, she's also a musician. She's a writer. She has a brand new album out and she's actually from our neck in the woods. She's from San Antonio. So hmm. Tendi is now my favorite character. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, Central Wait Texas for life. You keep, Texas. keep saying everyone's your favorite character. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, how this you works. Picked up on that, did you? <laughs> uh, but the the other film she was in was called Mr. Roosevelt, and it's uh, it takes place and was shot in Austin. So it's kind of fun to see her going in and around Austin if you if you live in Central Texas, and yeah. it's about uh, her and a cat. So that's even more our neck of the woods. Oh. Yes. According <laughs> to Text Trek, uh, I was right. Mike McMahon confirmed that she is Orion at a Star Trek Las Vegas last year. So we have an Orion character. Very cool. That's awesome. Good representation for Orions who are typically uh, shown as slaves mm -hmm. on Star Trek. Yes. Enslaved so, peoples. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and now we have the command crew. And we're not going to go too deep into these guys because they're obviously the supporting characters, even though they're the command crew. So we have Don Lewis as Captain uh, Carol Freeman, if you're watching the live vid, she's the one in the middle there. Uh, Jerry O'Connell as Commander Jack Ransom. I think this is the uh, the Riker Kirk uh, character. Uh, Paul Shear, who's not in this picture, but he's going to be a recurring character as Lieutenant Commander, and this guy has a great name, Andy Billups. I think this is him right here, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's him with the mustache. Okay, Andy Billups. Billups. I think he is uh, the head engineer. We have Fred Tatioscori as Lieutenant Shax and Gilliam Vigman as Dr. Tiana. And Dr. Tiana is, I believe... Um, is that the cat? That's yeah. the cat. The What's cat. the race of cats in Star Trek? Like, people cats. Cat? <laughs> it's a new one for me. Wasn't there... <laughs> Aren't they from the Kitty? animated series? Mariah, you're oh, an animated yes. series expert. Maybe somebody in the uh, in the chat knows oh, uh, sure what species Dr. Tiana is. Yeah. Katians. Cation, yes. Oh, Cations, yes. yeah, or Katians, yeah. Right on. There's also felinoids, so I'll have to double check which one's which. Here's the Jerry O'Connell character, by the way. Cation also comes up in, in a number of the, the novels, kind of the Star Trek novels. Very cool. Yeah, we had both Cations and Felinoids in the animated series. So, <laughs> yeah, Mike McMahon has said that um, he wants to give a lot of love to the animated series in this uh, series in terms of having characters who are only who only appeared in the animated series because sometimes people, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it's actually canon the animated series. Maybe some of it is, but Mike McMahon's like, I want to make the animated series canon, so I'm going to reference species that you've only seen on the animated series on Lower Decks. Oh, so man. Cool. I hope we get to see those uh, 
ladies from um, the episode where they nope. uh, hypnotize all the dudes on the ship. Anyway, I'd love yeah, to the, see redemption the for sirens. them. <laughs> the sirens, yeah. Those blonde sirens, yeah. Yes. Let's see the some bimbos, second contact. Right? <laughs> okay, let's talk about the tone, the animation style of this show. It's obviously satirical. This is a comedy. Mike McMahon is a comedy writer. The cast is stacked with comedic actors. But uh, after seeing the trailer and the clips we're going to show in a minute and kind of feeling this out, I think it's obvious that this isn't a mean-spirited comedy. Uh, this is a... Uh, This is more of like a comical underdog story that's also a celebration of Star Trek. So, yeah, in early interviews, McMahon says the comedy on the show will never come from a place of punching down at Star Trek or cynically making fun of Star Trek. Even though in the clips we've seen, a lot of the humor does arise from references and kind of pokes fun at star trek but he's right it doesn't do it in a cynical way it doesn't punch down it celebrates it and here's a quote from collider uh from mcmahon he says nobody needs a star trek comedy that makes fun of the franchise or punches down nor was i interested in doing that i was interested in writing a star trek that could be canon that follows the rules of other previous shows that I love and has everything that you love about the franchise, including the way you tell stories, but I'm a comedy writer. So this is all going to fit in Canon and also be funny. So this guy is a huge Star Trek fan. I think what we're going to get here is just a really fun, funny love letter to the franchise wrapped in a story about friendship and aspiration. Um, How do you guys feel about that package? coming towards us uh, next week. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I have been, I love when Star Trek gets campy and funny. Like those are some of my favorite moments in the show. So the idea that this is essentially a show where that is the focus rather than let's save the universe, you know, like the stakes are lower, which I think makes it easier to have fun with the plot lines um, and I think the animation looks good and I'm glad they're going to keep it in canon, um, and bring back some of the elements from the animated series. What do you think about the animation style, Grant? I know you're a resident artist. <laughs> um, that, that's kind of you to say. I, I like it. I think it's, it's clean. It's got a nice polish to it. I, th- um, you know, it, it did sort of remind me a little bit of, Rick and Morty at um, at first, but I think it looks a lot slicker than Rick and Morty did. Rick and Morty's got this kind of hand drawn grunge to it, and this has this this pop. It, it, it almost reminds me of um, what's the the one with the DC Super Friends, whatever they're called, Teen uh, Titans. Uh, reminds Teen me Titans. a little bit of Teen Titans. But hmm. oh look, there's a Ferengi. <laughs> hey, they look so cute. <laughs> I'm just shocked he got that right. Um, yes, wow. But I, I like I like the look a lot. I, I think that it immediately feels graphic and iconic, and how they they frame and light it and um, play with you know punching up the foreground and rece- receding the background so that it 
draws the eye. Some of the some cartoons don't do that as much. So I I think it'll be very visually engaging. Yeah, I, I'm I actually like the style quite a bit. Um you know, it's interesting because when you think about animation today, I think there's an overwhelming kind of been to use all the technology available to you today and you can go pretty deep into the almost lifelike or the overly video game kind of kind of art um and and this i think matches with the tone quite a bit because it's light it's 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 comical um and it, it, I don't know, this is going to sound weird, but it feels easily accessible, right? Like, I'm not looking for a whole lot. And I think that leads itself to being able to look in that the background for those Easter eggs. Which you know? they seem to load them up. Like uh, Mariah mm-hmm. was talking about, the the, um, the Pepe Silva one of uh, Tony Newsom's character, like uh, Charlie Day in uh, Always, Always Sunny. Sunny, like making this this board of, of facts and pointing this out. There's a ton of little Easter eggs here. I mean, I'm a novice as far as Trek. And even I'm like the whale, the people with the, the, the spoon in their forehead, Cardassian, Um, (laughs) the, the shining twins here. Is that the, the sirens that you're talking about? No. Um, okay. But anyway, I'm like, okay, there's clues just kind of like embedded in the background. You'll, you'll see like a little Ferengi here or there. Or whatever other little nods they're trying to give to uh, things of the past. In fact, like here, looking at this one picture, I bet there's little um, nods to uh, other elements or maybe calling out other things. Enhance, Grant, enhance. (laughs) And that sort of stuff. Zoom and enhance. (laughs) You want me to? Here you go. (laughs) Zoom. There you go. Oh, I still can't read it controls program so that's nothing i was wrong (laughs) (laughs) but uh but that stuff if i was more well versed in the world of trek is completely my jam i I love getting caught up in the easter eggs the the little nods here there so hopefully i can do a little bit more catching up and i can uh, enjoy that kind of stuff they're doing as much as the true trekkies it feels like with all these little easter eggs potentially haunting the background uh of this uh this is going to be like a re- very rewatchable series mm-hmm. where you can go back and see different things in the frame. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I really, I really love this animation style. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it's, it, it's almost like a, the less um, sort of magical realism version of like Tuca and Birdie. I don't know if you've watched that series, but it's sort of similar in that there are those hand-drawn qualities, but it's very clean. Um, but there's so many small details in different places that like every time I watch that series, I see something different and new um, and like hidden jokes under hidden jokes. So I'm excited to for the rewatchability, as you were saying, Mike, of this particular show. The animation is by uh, the animation studio Titmouse, and the style is very similar to Rick and Morty. Uh, Titmouse has done some promo work for Rick and Morty, and they did a short Rick and Morty short. Um, but they also did, they've worked on um, Venture Brothers. and That's why. Okay. I was like, they yeah. seem very familiar. Mm. And Big, Big Mouth and that makes sense. Uh, mm. Metalocalypse. 
as well. If they work on Venture Brothers, they're definitely used to layering in jokes in the background of the animation. And Toucan Birdie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And this is Dr. Manhattan here in the background, Clyde. Just gonna point that out for you. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out in the in the shuttlecraft, is that alcohol or barbecue sauce? So uh oh. you it seems know alcohol, that's alcohol. There's a dude passed out right here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could have just and drank the whole bottle of barbecue sauce and had a bad day. A really bad day. I like I wonder if the the like long um shirt is in reference to back at like the very it didn't like the early episodes of um, TNG. They had some of the guys in like tunics to try to balance out all the short skirts from the original series. They sure did. Yeah. But I think that is, it looks more like a TNG dress uniform. Mm. So whenever they had like ambassadors from first contact series or first contact planets on the ship or anything fancy, they would wear kind of these long tunics with pants and those were supposed to be the dress uniforms. But what about what they wore? Purple slime. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's actually a Ghostbusters two reference. Okay. That's what it is. <laughs> he is Vigo. Um, <laughs> he just got slimed. Yeah, you are like the buzzing of flies to him. Um, so hey, Clyde, what do you think about these uniforms? Uh, to me, they look like a kind of a cross between the TNG uniforms and the. Um, the Genesis trilogy movie uniforms that Kirk and Spock wore because they have that kind of tunic that you can open up. I think they're pretty cool. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, no, I was, I was looking at them and they seem to be slightly updated. And even though, you know, we say that this is a, you know, this is right after, um, nemesis kind of nemesis. The one thing I appreciate about Star Trek is the detail that they do into uniform, they they go in on on kind of the costumes and the uniforms, and so I felt like you can't quite just go, okay, we're going to copy the exact same thing that we saw in TNG, you know, some twenty years ago. Um, instead, they've updated ever so slightly, and I think it's very slick. So it it kind of works for me, and I'm hoping that we'll get some, you know, an an homage or two to about how those uniforms didn't work. Right. Because that was one thing about TNG is it felt like they were constantly updating the uniform, not because they were trying to get better, just because just they kept not working for some reason. I love that they're these open tunic uniforms because these characters, we're obviously going to see them off duty a lot and in casual settings. And that would that's what that uniform is all about. Like you can just open it up and all of a sudden you're you're more relaxed and you're casual. And I think in almost every promo photo that I've seen with Tawny Newsom's Beckett Mariner, she she has her, the tunic <laughs> open like she's already off shift, even she's though checked she, out. <laughs> yeah, she's like totally checked out. So it, I think it works great. Just as like a visual character quirk for her. There's yeah. also some cuteness going on between these couples in the background, which makes me think, ah, oh, there's gonna be like all these little like background jokes and like just just watching the dynamic of little characters in the background. Yeah. I'm kind of interested in that, which we also seem to see. Maybe I'm reading into it a bit, but I feel like um, uh, the these two characters, uh, the Orion girl and uh, I forgot his name as well. Oh boy, and Noel Wells. Yeah, I feel like uh, <laughs> they were setting up in some of the other images uh, that there seems to be some sort of chemistry between them. Hmm. Uh, 
They're doing these yeah. kind of cutesy smiles a lot more. Let me see. Hmm. Um, here's Maybe them on a here, date. And then- yeah, but if you look in the background, there is a lot going on in the background that makes it fun. Like, uh, you know, lonely, bored face guy there. Uh. <laughs> Someone who's mad. He's solo at the bar. Well, you know, which got the whole hairline issue. He should be a little sad. <laughs> Speaking hey, of- let's try to dive into a couple of these clips if we can play them. Oh, yeah. Um, Let me try to share my screen here. Did you want to play the social media promo first or the full Lower Decks uh, first look? Uh, Rather the first look, but whatever you can get playing would be great. Let's see what I can do. And commenters, let us know what you think about these clips. Here it comes. Working on technology. Yeah. (laughs) I I can do my uh, Vin Diesel uh, impression. Okay, yeah, can you give us some more of that? Because yeah, yeah. there was nothing wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> Here we Mariah, go. quick, please help us. Captain's Log, Stardate 57436.2. The Cerritos is docked at Douglas Station for routine maintenance and resupply. We will soon set course for the capital planet on the Galar system, where we're scheduled to make second contact with the Galardonian High Council. Second First contact. contact is a delicate, high-stakes operation of diplomacy. One must be ready for anything when humanity is interacting with an alien race for the first time. But we don't do that. Our specialty is second contact. Still pretty important. We get all the paperwork signed, make sure we're spelling the name of the planet right, get to know all the good places to eat. <laughs> Oh my god, what are you doing? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh just... no, oh no, 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 no. Are you pretending to do a captain's log? <laughs> We're all supposed to keep logs. Okay, let me listen to no, it. No, go away. <laughs> I can't believe you're no, wasting no. your shore leave on this. Privacy, please. Okay, time to go. Come on, Privacy. Let's go. Come on. Are you drunk? Nadoob, you should be too. I mean, this station is amazing. And they have Romulan whiskey. And I bet you thought it was going to be green, but it is actually blue. It's this very beautiful color. Romulan whiskey is a <laughs> regulation. Yeah, because it's awesome. Oh man, they got all sorts of great stuff. Oh, oh, come on, check this out. Ah, be oh, careful yeah. with that. Pretty sweet, right? Yeah, it's a Klingon bat, um, bat, uh, bat. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. It doesn't matter. Shut up. I got a old guy with an hey, iPad. Hey. Come spar with no, me. Stop. Come on. Oh, we could be Klingons. We could have crimped hair and wrinkled foreheads. War, war, war. I love honor. I demand honor. So good. Oh, my God. That's. I love that. I've seen a lot of like... um really uh, shitty criticism from people out there like Romulan whiskey. It's supposed to be Romulan ale. Like you can only have one kind of booze from one planet. (laughs) Yeah. And my response is like, it's fucking badass that it's whiskey because whiskey is so much stronger than ale, Ale. just beer. So she's like way more drunk than Kirk ever was. I love it. Yeah, I liked for the, um, I saw on social media going around, they'd sent out like premiere kits since they can't do like a red carpet or anything. Right. And it included a whiskey cocktail that had like a blue cacao or whatever you pronounce it to turn the whiskey blue. And I was like, that's really cute. Yeah. The, Grant, was that the first time you've seen that? Yeah, I hadn't seen that one before. Um, the motion, the uh, comedic sensibilities of, of, of all of it, it really works well, and I don't know, you you see a lot of a lot of first episodes, a lot of uh, comedy bits. They seem a little bit awkward. I, I like the the pacing, the beats of this. It feels 
it feels familiar to shows that are already well established and know how to hit those comedic beats. So I think that that definitely shows that Mike McMahon is, knows how to do this right off the bat and do it successfully. And them not shying away from the the darker comedic beat of her actually slicing it, like a, a big chunk of his leg open. That's good stuff. <laughs> Dennis McElwain, uh, our listener says, it wasn't until that clip that I was sold on the show. So yeah, I'm glad they released that clip. It, I just watching it again, I can't even count how many inside Star Trek jokes or references there are in that, that are actually laugh out loud, funny. And mm-hmm. even if there weren't, um, you know, Star Trek fan jokes, the clip even is still I hilarious. Laughed. Yeah. <laughs> even Grant laughed. Even Grant. You know, I, I'm with Dennis on this. Um, I was, I don't want to say I, I wasn't kind of bought in, but I just wasn't sure about what we were going to see, right? Like, I was, I was like excited and ready, but that clip, and you know, I laugh literally every time I watch it. Um, it was like, oh man, this I'm excited about because, Grant, to your point, that pacing, like, what we see is, you know, Tawny just keeps coming, right? Like, there's, there's no breakup. Like she just keeps coming and she keeps coming until she gets the joke. And when she slices that leg, it, it is Mike, you said this last time is it, it ends and you're just thinking, no, I, I need more. Like I need, I have to see more. And to me, that's evidence of like, we're, we're, we're going to get a good show. We're going to get a really good show. So I'm super excited. I mean, I, uh, I think the, the the pacing the timing of animation comedy has to hit a little bit quicker because of how conditioned we are to read uh, how those jokes are playing and so it has to have this slightly more manic energy i th- i think in in any of the even more intelligent like highbrow animation comedies you see that it still has to be a little bit punchier because we take in and absorb it in a different way than we do, you know, regular live action medium. Yeah, that's a great point. I also like this point from a painted Brandy on our chat. I wonder if this is an indication that these characters will be going to sick bay a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, especially if, um, Noel Wells character is, you know, a nurse or in the medical, um, you know, uh, department. I think that'll be a big tie in there is her fixing up and patching up her less fortunate friends. <laughs> I think we have another uh, shorter clip from the show. <laughs> if you can cue that up, Mariah. And while we wait, I will do Vin Diesel for everybody. I got it ready. You just got to okay. share my screen. No, um, Mariah, just say you don't have it Stick ready. around for the after show. All Vin Diesel all the time. <laughs> I have served on five ships, man. I have seen stuff. You've been on what? Four planets? Hulk? You include Vulcan? Of course I don't include stupid Vulcan. You may as well count Earth. I was counting Earth. Hold up. Racist woman gets hit with instant I was karma. Like, this is why I hate playing videos <laughs> off of Facebook. Barf. I'm clothes. like, let it play. I need to see that. <laughs> so yeah, it, it really looks like uh, they want, or Tawny Newsom is like, one of the breakout characters or the breakout character, uh, Ensign Beck and Mariner is 
one of the breakout characters on this show. Maybe it's just because she's like the pacing of the character is so quick and fast. And she, uh, she has this kind of like fierce, overwhelming personality that they're putting her up front in the promos. I think it really works. Everything she says is hilarious. Agreed. Did you guys hear that music and also immediately think of the animated X-Men cartoon from the nineties? Or like uh like gargoyles. Do y'all remember gargoyles? Yeah. Lovely gargoyles too. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Who also had Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes on there. Yep. That's true. Remember gargoyles. That's true. Enough I, of the references, Clyde. Fun fact. Enough Sorry. of it. <laughs> so I really love that clip. I really love the uh the idea that, oh, you you've been to Vulcan, you it's it's like Earth 2. Come on. It's nothing. That's not count. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. So are we primed? Are we ready for I feel ready. Lower Decks? Uh, I think before we go, oh, yeah. I want to talk yeah. about some of, the, some of the rumors maybe some of us have heard about the show. Um, McMahon has teased that there will be uh, character cameos on the show, seeing as how LDS takes place in the TNG movie area era. So there's going to be like maybe some TNG characters, uh, maybe some Voyager characters. It stands to reason. I, for one, could be some Jordy. I, for one, would love to see, um, you know, really the entire cast of DS9 appear in all 10 episodes, including the supporting cast (laughs) and the original voice actors. I would also like this show to take place on DS9. Uh, What about you guys? I'm guessing Mariah wants everybody from Voyager on there. Every, I mean, every I'm just person. saying we'd have Admiral Janeway at this point. She would be smoking hot with some gray wispies going on. And I think it would be really fun. Who do you want I, to see, Claude? I, I mean, I'm, I might as well say the entire cast of TNG. <laughs> I mean, I, why break the theme? We'll just go right down the line. I mean, and a fun oh, seven of nine as like a animated character would be really fun as she's like getting ready to become this crazy. She Lone can't be Ranger in every character. show, Mariah. She can be in every show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rumor that she's getting her own show. <gasps> oh, I'm telling you, we're going to be year round track here soon. You get a show. No. You get a show. Seven of I, nine heaven. I want to see. Heaven of nine. I, I, bring back Ensign Rolaren. Yes, I think th- I think that would be fun to see a bunch of these these comedy elements around the super straight man. I yeah. think that would be pretty fun. So bring. I think back it'd be cool to see like um, Benjamin Linus, maybe like John Locke, Desmond Hume. <laughs> I don't know who getting, any of these people are. <laughs> getting back on brand, Marge says Barkley will show up. I bet Barkley is like the ultimate lower deck crew member and i think he'll show up that'd be great you know, marge i was thinking the same thing i was thinking the same thing that how could you not have this without barkley um you know or hannibal or not hannibal or uh, mad murdoch murdoch yeah yeah all right my my dad had an imaginary dog named barkley when he was growing up cool <laughs> thanks for sharing i have an anecdote there you go guys <laughs> that was it and with that uh, Star Trek anecdote. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the pod this week. Remember, you can find us live on YouTube every Thursday, Talking Trek. And of course, we'll be covering Lower Decks starting August 6th. Go to StarTrekPod.co 
to subscribe to the podcast, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, and to follow us online. Do it. Also, we are at about the end of the month. So if you want to squeeze in and help us continue to raise funds for the Okra Project and for the Central Texas Food Bank, you can do so by visiting donate.startrekpod.co um, and join our money pool so we can make a nice fat donation at the end of the month, which is tomorrow, y'all. August is on Saturday. What is this world? <laughs> uh, you guys can also go to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod to give us that per episode pledge. Give us two bucks an episode. <laughs> and in exchange, you can join us on our private Slack channel. You can For the also listen. Only listeners. Grant is wearing a Wolverine um, uh, uh, claw. glove. Claw. Wolverine claw. claw glove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty dope. <laughs> and... Uh, you guys can listen to uh, exclusive uh, episodes that we've made just for our patrons doing Badass Women of Trek uh, a series uh, going into presumably the most badass women of Star Trek. Right? Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, the Best of Seven of Nine series. And of course, we're watching the Kelvin series of, or, of movies. Of um of, of Star Trek the the Chris Pine ones you know you guys know the best Chris the best Chris yeah and we'll be uh I think this weekend we're gonna record our Star Trek Into Darkness review uh so look out for that probably coming next week and if you join us on Patreon basically our Patreon is where we talk about old Star Trek for the most part so we're covering Voyager on there um TNG DS9 all all the good stuff uh. Maybe you'll get us to cover Enterprise. I don't know. More animated know, series. The one thing about Enterprise is it's been a long time. There it is. Look, man, I had to deal with my mom who decided to debate me over how great Enterprise was. I'm I'm through. Okay. No okay. more Enterprise. Let, let's 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 stop bashing Enterprise. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a good show, just not for me. A positive good show. Star Trek show. Positive. Good show. Positive. Great show. Um all right, Clyde. Yes, I just want to let everybody know. Look, look between episodes, you want to know what's going on. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on the gram. Uh, you can hit us up at Star Trek Pod. Tweet about our episode. Let people know that we are a bunch of crazy people who love Trek, um, and they should come hang out with us. Uh, I also want to shout out to two people who help us so much. Karen, thank you for helping us out with Twitter, and James Worm, you're the man on on the gram. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. Clyde, where can we follow you online and hear more from you? You can follow me at Clyde Haynes. And uh, on the web, you can reach me at keyandclyde.com. That's K-E-I and Clyde.com. Mariah. I'm at Mariah Gossett. That's Mariah with a Y and a Gossett with two S's and two T's on all social platforms. Grant Davis. At Baron Von Grant. Follow me on Twitter at Mike M. Garcia. Live long and prosper. Bye. Later. <laughs>